fly north. Though, of course, it was she who had to fly. North, south, it didn't matter as long as she fled the scene of her disgrace. The unfair thing was that she wasn't a hussy. Well, not more than any girl bowled over by a prince. She had enjoyed snaring the greatest prize of them all, the blonde and winsome prince. But she hadn't had any real hope that he would marry her and she certainly would not have given her virginity to a prince without having a ring on her finger and the approval of the king. Still, she had considered Augustus a friend, which made it all the more painful when he didn't pay her a call the morning following her humiliation. Augustus wasn't the only one. In fact, Linnet found herself staring out of a front window of her townhouse, the better to convince herself that no one was coming to call. No one. Not a soul. Ever since she'd debuted a few months earlier, her front door had been the portal to the Golden Fleece, i.e. her dowered, delectable self. Young men pranced and trotted and strolled up that path, leaving cards and flowers and gifts of all kinds. Even the prince had lowered himself to make four morning calls, an unheard-of compliment. But now, that path was nothing more than a row of flagstones shining in the sunlight. I simply don't believe this has come out of nothing, her father said now, from somewhere behind her. I was kissed by a prince, Linnet said dryly, which might have counted as nothing if we hadn't been seen by Baroness Buggin. Kissing? Pah! Kisses are nothing! What I want to know is why it is being reliably reported that you are carrying a child, his child. Viscount Sundon came, stood at her shoulder, and looked with her at the empty street. Two reasons, neither of which involves a baby, you'll be happy to learn. Well? I ate a bad prawn at Lady Brimmer's morning musicale last Thursday. So? her father asked. It made me ill, Linnet told him. I couldn't even make it to the lady's retiring chamber. I threw up in a potted orange tree. She shuddered a little at the mere memory. Uncontrolled of you, the Viscount commented. He hated bodily processes. I gather that was taken as a sign of childbirth. Not childbirth, papa, the condition that precedes it. Of course. But you do remember when Mrs. Underfoot spewed in the throne room, narrowly missing His Majesty the King of Norway? That was no prawn, nor a baby either. Everyone knew the lady had drunk herself into a standstill. We could put it about that you're an inebriate. Would that solve my problem? I doubt many gentlemen wish to marry a drunk. At any rate, it wasn't just the prawn. It was my gown. What about your gown? I wore a new ball dress last night, and apparently my profile gave people cause to think that I was carrying a child. Her father swung her around and peered at her middle. You don't look any different to me. A bit chilly around the shoulders, perhaps. Need you show quite so much bosom? Unless I want to look like a fussicking matron, Linnet said with some asperity. Then yes, I do need to show this much bosom. Well, that's the problem, Lord Sundon said. You look like Bartholomew Ware. Damn it, I specifically told your chaperone that you had to look more prudish than anyone else in the room. Do I have to do everything myself? Can no one follow simple instructions? My ball gown was not revealing, Linnet protested but her father wasn't listening. I have tried. God knows how I've tried. 
I postponed your debut in the hopes that maturity would give you poise in the face of the Tom's undoubted scrutiny, given your mother's reputation. But what's the good of poise if your neckline signals you're a wanton? Linnet took a deep breath. The affair had nothing to do with necklines. The gown I wore last night has... Affair? her father said, his voice rising. I raised you with the strictest of principles. Not affair in the French sense, Linnet interrupted. I meant that the disaster was provoked by my gown. It has two petticoats, you see, and... I want to see it, Lord Sundon announced, interrupting in his turn. Go and put it on. I can't put on a ball gown at this hour in the morning. Now, and get that chaperone of yours down here as well. I want to hear what Mrs. Hutchings has to say for herself. I hired her specifically to prevent this sort of thing. She put on such a priggish, puritanical air that I trusted her. So Linnet put on the ball gown.